Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't, commit to a monthly sponsorship. Please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between center saints. I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another reuniting episode of Gosh Jesus. I'm Daniel Francesi, and I am reunited, and it feels so good, with my bestie. Oh, it's Azariah Southworth. <laughs> oh, Azzy. Oh, just settle in and smile, because here at Yash Jesus, we believe that homecoming isn't just for football. That's right. We may be homecoming, not homecoming, well, I don't even know. Maybe we don't play football, but we're still homecoming queens. Uh, but everybody relax. Just kick <laughs> you, back in you the pew- and you with a few kings. Yes, kick back in the pew pew pews um, because it's time for <laughs> This comes to us from the Advocates. Two athletic coaches at Valor High School, a Christian high school in Denver, Colorado, have come forward to say they were forced to resign for being LGBTQ. The school's volleyball coach told local media outlets that he was pushed out of his job. School officials found out that he was gay. Tonga had written a Facebook post about his disagreements with Valor on sexual orientation. The school contacted Tonga when it found out about the post. Tonga said that Balor offered to let him stay if he denounced his sexual orientation and deleted the Facebook post. But guess what, y'all? He didn't do that. No. And then a former lacrosse coach, Lauren Benner, has now come forward as well on Instagram saying that she was allegedly forced out due to her sexuality as well. Now I'm going to read part of her Instagram story. This past weekend, the courageous Inoke Tonga shared this experience of recently being dismissed from his coaching duties at Valor Christian High School for being part of the LGBT plus community. My heart broke into a million pieces reading his story. I feel it is important for me to no longer stay silent and to share my similar experience of being mistreated by Valor. As I write this, I am anxious and I am in tears, but it's clear that so many other LGBTQ plus Valor staff and students need to know that they are not alone. Uh, This is a familiar story in today's news, Azzy. Yeah, well, Lauren then tells her own story of getting pulled into the administrative offices to be told that someone anonymously reported she was gay. And her story is longer than we have time to read here, but check out The Advocate, which will show her Instagram story as well. Since Tonga's story has come out, he's told the local news that he has seen a wave of support from both parents and strangers. And from the students, more than 50 students have staged a walkout in support of Mino K, and it's really good to see. Yeah, and now both NOK and Lauren have our support too. So you can read the story on the advocate.com's website. We'll link it in our story notes here for you as well. And we'll be praying for you, NOK. And that brings us to our part of our praise report and the prayer request. This is where if you have a request, a little something extra you want to request, God will add it to our prayer list. And if you have something extra you want to thank God for, well, we'll help amplify your message. So we're starting first with a prayer request. Tell us about it, Azzy. This is from David. David says, hey, boys, I love listening. Thanks for sharing your hearts with all of us. I'm praying for strength as I set up 
or set and keep boundaries with family and friends who are not accepting of the LGBTQIA plus community, including me. Some have questioned my salvation or said, I am under the control of Satan. I want peace in my heart and mind, and I know that means choosing to love them from a healthy distance. Power to all our LGBTQIA plus family who are in similar situations. Love you all. Wow. Um, I, I think whenever in this situation, I always think, you know, you want, even though your family thinks that your life, you know, puts your salvation in question and they think that you're being sinful, you want them to love and accept you despite of their beliefs. And I think in this situation, there's there's some sort of bridge there where you can love them despite their beliefs until you guys can find some more common ground. Because truly the one thing that heals all is love. And if you could continue to love each other where there's just like a plant, where there's green, there's life. If you have a lot of love with your family, there's a lot of green there and you can restore, you can, you can make sure because love will conquer everything. Just pray really hard and keep loving them and we will keep praying for you. Uh, we have a praise report. Uh, this one's anonymous. It says, hey guys, first I wanted to thank you for doing this podcast. You've completely changed my view on Christianity and I'm excited to keep learning the truth about the Bible. I've been raised in a conservative Pentecostal household where being gay is as taboo as it gets. I am really struggling with coming out to my parents. I cannot even begin to imagine how I would tell them, but I want them to know so badly. I am tired of carrying around the secret and I want it to be all over. It's eating me alive. Please pray that God will bring everything to light in the way that he sees fit. You guys have no idea how much your podcast and insight means to me. Your podcast has truly set me free from the toxic theology and has jump-started my journey in faith. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, what a great praise report and message. Whoever wrote this, I just want to say, keep exploring, keep learning. All we're doing is wondering. We're, we're, you know, here at Yash Jesus, we're not better than anybody else. We're not preachers or teachers or or even theologians. We're just got two gay guys who like are trying to figure out this shit too. And I, you know, and I think that like, there's so much out there that is gatekeeping Christianity from us. There's so much out there that is weaponizing the word against us. And I think that you need to truly follow the light and just follow whatever makes you feel good and whatever sits right with your spirit. And if that means that God and Christianity is that way, then that is for you. And I think that there's a place uh, for everyone in God's heart. Don't you agree, Azzy? Yeah, absolutely. And just always remember that there's nothing that can stop you from having your faith. You know, it's yours. It's you, there's nothing that can stop you from having a relationship with God except except some of the maybe grudges and, and that we hold or maybe traumas that we haven't healed yet and, and that becomes a divider. But just know that if you want a relationship with God, it's yours. It's all yours. And you get to you get to discover what that is, what it looks like, what the experience is. And that is the true good news. Stay tuned for some more good news when we're right back after this with the scripture of the day. Here we are. We're back with us. Oh, as mm. better, better in word than song. Let us hear the scripture of the day. It comes to us from Luke chapter four, verse 24. Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. <laughs> I love that one. And ain't it the truth? <laughs> we are reading. Is that why I'm getting a dirty look at the Krispy Kreme? You know, it's hard to come home. 
This used to be my playground, Azzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us, both of us are back in our hometowns right now as we're recording mm-hmm. this episode of Yash Jesus. And as our freaking Deacon Ross Murray is headed to his hometown, you know, this is exactly what we're dealing with. This is a homecoming of sorts for all of us here at Yash Jesus. And let's talk homecoming. Let's do it, honey. It's just not football. It's not just marching bands or the dance. But yes, it's all those things, too. Yes, and all the alumni pouring back into their old high school to tell all the kids what it used to be like and then get drunk with their friends like they're teenagers again. Of course, homecoming is a literal term. It's revisiting your hometown. Queer people often have a strange or a strange relationship with their hometown. I think that this is doubly true when you're from a small town. Azra, you've been in Indiana for a good chunk of this summer. What's it like going home, baby? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Since the pandemic, I've been able to, you know, come spend a couple weeks at home each, each summer. And this time I drove out instead of flying. And I, I think going home... You see the patterns, you know, you see things that maybe once you didn't see. What kind of patterns? You know, the way, the way that you can um, show up sometimes, you know, like show up in the ways that matter, you know, and then in ways that you can also show up and hurt. So like, I'm just speaking from personal experience. No, I understand. I think everybody understands what you're saying without you having to get too personal too quickly. But like, I feel like, you know, when I got back here, I got in a big argument with my dad and mm-hmm. about how, um, you know, my dad's, I, they always say with my family, like, you know, I've been an actor and I'm out in Hollywood and I'm making my own money and doing my own thing. And my brother and sister have always gotten help. They got weddings, they got, you know, help, help with their houses you know, my dad, will, uh, I'll just hear like, oh, we're barbecuing. Dad went to Costco and filled the fridges. And I'm still sitting there, you know, trying to figure out how to do my own thing, always by myself. And the whole thing with my family has always been out of sight, out of mind. So since I've been living here this year, I confronted my dad like somewhere around like June. I was like, you know, I've been here since January and I've seen you twice. Like now it's not out of sight, out of mind. I'm here. Now what about that? And, you know, it was a big mm-hmm. blowout, which led to us sort of like making weekly or biweekly times to get together and watch a movie or spend some time together. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there are like gashes and there are healing. It's really hard sometimes to come back. And and so I'm trying to show up for my family, like you were saying, uh, which I think like is what you meant is like, I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to help redecorate my yeah, mom's yeah. house. Okay. I'm trying to get my mom on her feet after two surgeries. You know, it's a difficult thing to do. I feel like, especially in a small town, you know, when you're viewed a certain way by your family or your friends growing up, they have a hard time changing their perception of you. You know, they want to keep you locked in a bubble of their memory and they can't recognize your maturity, your compliments, or your perception. Like sometimes people still see me as Danny from the block and don't realize I don't shine shoes no more. You know what I'm saying? As things have changed. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think as an adult revisiting home, and I, I'm sure so many other adults can relate to that. Like you, you start to realize some things and, and how you contribute and how you can contribute and how you can change things. But, you know, growing up, I grew up in a town of 320 people. Like we've talked about that before. Like, I, but I yeah. grew up five miles outside of that, you know? <laughs> and, and so like, there's not a lot of representation out here. And so um, I've been going out to the bars in Fort Wayne and I know I'm jumping around a lot here. So if, if, if you need any like, more context, no, let me know. But, um, but I've been going out to the to like uh, the one gay bar in Fort Wayne. Like I, I went like two nights this past week, 
And, uh, and then when I, I first got here, I went out there for pride. And, and so that was in July. And now we're at the end of August. And the, the different times that I've gone out there each and every single time when someone I strike up conversation with them, you know, Fort Wayne's the nearest biggest city, um, 50 miles south. So a lot of a lot of small town people gravitate towards it. And uh, when I started talking with people they're like, Oh, where are you from? And I, I say I live in LA. And um, they're like, Oh, what are you doing out here? You know, <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing in Fort Wayne? And um, they, they really belittle themselves. But I, I found that interesting. Um, it was a common thing that just kept coming up. And I was like, Fort Wayne's a great place, you know, but there's not a lot of representation out here. And, and one of them said uh, how they went to Myers in Angola, which is a small town, and they saw like a pride uh, set up uh, and that, what that meant to them. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, knowing that you're different out here and there's not a lot of representation. And, and then going back to Echo Park where it's very queer, you know, and beautifully queer. Maybe, so, um, maybe some of your fashion choices or like your earrings, do you feel like you get stared, <laughs> stared at or clocked anywhere? Oh, yeah. Like we walked into one restaurant and this girl, she was like, oh, you're not from here, are you? <laughs> and then, uh, but like one waitress in a small town, small town steakhouse saw my earrings and it was like, I love the placings of your earrings. And so like, I have a pearl in, in my left ear and a hoop in my right ear, you know? And, and so I, I think she knew like the coding that's behind that, you know, the she was basically like saying it. like, I'm down with gay pride, like giving right, you right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I like right. those like little, those little veiled, like, um, uh, uh, olive branches of support in hometowns, you know, uh, Jesus had a strange relationship with his hometown too. You're not alone, girl. You know, he, he revisited and they didn't take well to yeah. his message. We have two stories today about Jesus going home. And the people from his hometown just didn't get it. They didn't understand him or his ministry. They wanted him to be the kid that they always pictured him as. So here's the first story from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in a synagogue. And many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is the wisdom that he has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. That is like the, the bizarro Jenny from the block, like the total opposite, like these folks are like, you can't impress us. We know your mom and you used to help your dad do woodwork <laughs> and make chairs. And their disbelief in him is so strong. He can't even perform miracles. So in Mark chapter six, verse four through six, then Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. The perception of Jesus is so molded by what they used to know about him that I can't even accept who he's become. So have you ever had that people from your hometown can't accept who you are because they remember you as something else? A little bit. I mean, I think that like, you know, I certainly have like fans that like my comedy more than my friends and family do. <laughs> like a lot of times they'll be like, all right, yeah, Danny's just talking. And I'm like, this is gems right now, people. You're missing me drop gems. You know, it's hard to get like everyone's attention is maybe I do in a room with people that don't know me, like really know me, know me. Uh, but but not so much. I think like, you know, 
I have some really, I've been lucky enough. I have a few core good friends who have been there through the whole journey with me. So I feel like I've taken them with me through each step of, of everything. And, you know, um, it's, it can be difficult sometimes. Do you have people from your childhood who can't accept you being queer because they knew you when you were a child? Like, you can't be queer. Your parents are part of the church. They didn't read you like that. Like, do you think you get any judgment from anyone, like, outside in your neighborhood? I'm sure, but I don't know about it. Um, if, yeah, if good, happening. good. That's the best way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all haters can shut up and yell at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> We have a second story about Jesus returning to his hometown. It comes from Luke chapter four, and this one is a little more dramatic. Jesus returned home to his hometown to preach. He was given an invitation as a hometown boy to talk and make his family proud to let the people realize how he'd grown into a nice, successful preacher. Mm -hmm. And then he unrolls a scroll and reads from Isaiah. And this is what it reads. Oh. I have always loved this verse. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> this is a good one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Oh, what a beautiful passage from Isaiah. It actually goes on and on for a while longer than the quote that's used in Luke. The passage is filled with healing justice, freedom, and liberation. It is a word directly to those who have been oppressed, a message that God is still working on our freedom and has anointed someone to lead us in liberation. Sounds like such a great message, huh? Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's liberation. That's why I love liberation theology. This is where it gets interesting. In Luke chapter 4, verse 20 through 21. 420. <laughs> <laughs> And he rolled up with a scroll. Gave uh, it back see? To the That's where 420 comes from. He <laughs> rolled up a scroll. I'm in it. All right, now go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa, I'm just going to read you a passage from the Bible, and then I'm going to tell you that it's talking about me. Jesus comes right out with the bold <laughs> language about him and God, and, and now he's fulfilling scripture. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't mince his words, honey. He's Jesus. <laughs> and like at first, do, it worked. <laughs> it's what I do, man. <laughs> You know how people can get paternalistic and proud? That's what they did with Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse 22, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, is not this Joseph's son? That's what they did with the Mark story too. But this time it says they spoke well of him. So they were proud. So to a point, Jesus started to preach and his preaching pushed, you know, just a few buttons. <laughs> uh, so instead of giving a sweet little homecoming sermon, he starts giving them the word, honey. Oh, look out. The word. <laughs> In Luke chapter 4, verse 23 through 27, he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is, is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, 
and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. Naaman, the second cat. Okay, so that basically is saying (laughs) that he's not going to be accepted, and God isn't going to do any of the special miracles for that. And then there's several examples of times when prophets refused to help in their hometown. Maybe people thought they were going to get the friends and family discount on God's grace, but Jesus is here telling them that they aren't anything <laughs> special, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. No bogos. No bogos. That probably didn't go over very well. <laughs> no, not at all. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 28 through 29, when they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the bro- brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. I remember this. I remember this, watching this movie on TBN. I remember this. I've seen that movie. What's going to happen? Are they going to put in that movie? Okay, so they went from, yo, that's our boy. Jesus is our boy to kill him pretty quickly. Yeah. The story just ends with this sentence in Luke chapter four, verse 30. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. How did he escape? We don't know. I mean, it's Jesus. He probably just like, I am going to leave this mysterious for you. <laughs> you get to figure it out. How I, oh, another how one? Did it, another how did one? they split this crowd? <laughs> Thanks, another one. <laughs> you know, I think that was Jesus' experience with his, with his hometown is so familiar, and it's relatable to queer audiences. The freaking Deacon Ross mm-hmm. Murray is from a small town, and there are a lot of his feelings and experiences in these notes as well. Mm-hmm. I bet there are a lot of our listeners who have complicated relationships with their hometown as well. Yeah, and if that's you, know that Jesus experienced the exact same thing. He knows what you're thinking and feeling and experiencing. Yes, and honey, there are pride displays on at Myers now, so you're never alone. <laughs> you're never alone, and that's the truth, even though I, I make light of it, you know. This is why we form queer communities, so we can love and support each other, even when folks we grew up with cannot. Right, you have us here at Yes Jesus. Yes. Yes. And, and we do I get I, I get I get I hear from you guys listening and and just we love you. And I didn't mean to cut you off there, Danny. I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, no, well. I'm so good. Oh <laughs> cut me off anytime to tell us that we love them. We have a new segment. We want to spread the love Ooh. to other queer Christian musicians and artists. So if you're a queer Christian musician and you want us to play one of your songs, send us an email to contact at yashjesuspod.com with a link to where we could find an MP3 file of the song that you want us to consider. And don't forget today for your tithe, love offering, charity, act of good moment, we ask that if you have a complicated relationship with your hometown, we want to hear about it. Send us a message talking about your hometown and how you navigate it. You can record it directly at yashjesuspod.com or even better yet, make it a prayer for your hometown. Record us a prayer and give it to us at yashjesuspod.com and we will play your prayer in a future episode. Speaking of prayer, are you ready, Azzy? Ready. I look forward to this on Sundays as we bow our heads. Lord, we ask that you, we love to pray for everyone who loves their hometown and we want to pray for those who have a difficult relationship with their hometown. We want to give them strength to keep their heads held high and know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. We want to pray for all those folks that are going home to their hometown for 
homecoming or for holidays or for family events. We want you to keep them strong, especially when they're in unwelcoming or unsafe environments. And especially when those environments are using your name to make them unwelcoming or unsafe. Lord, we know that love conquers all. And we pray, we pray for love to be the victor in this battle. And we'd like to pray for David and our anonymous praise report. Um, and we want to pray for their own relationships with their families. Yeah. And we remember an okay and Lauren and the students at Valor High School, we are praying for you. And one day, one day, we'll all be okay, allowed to be who we are and keep our jobs for who we Just are. Just being who we are. And we thank yeah. you. We thank you so much for giving us this space where anyone can be who they are and listen to us and join us every week in your name, in your holy and precious name. Amen. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. If you like the show, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in the show notes. Make it rain, girls. If you haven't yet, please leave <laughs> please. us a review or share it with a friend. Doing so just helps us reach new people and keep the show running. And you can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Yes, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just vote for us for Homecoming Queen. We'd love to hear for you. Yas Jesus <laughs> is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and... Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauley. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastilios, and Steve Michaels. God loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all. 